The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back to our our humble podcast, Culture Insanity. This is episode number 14. Episode number 14, going strong here every other week now. Um, Yeah, those of you tuning in now, thanks for tuning in. Hope more people will join in because I love feedback, but... You literally have nobody tuned in yet. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Um, Our closest loved ones are letting us down. That's okay. Shame on them. So tonight, episode 14... Uh, as mentioned in our little preview, oh, yesterday. I take it back. Tiffany's Tiffany's watching. Hello, us. Tiffany. As mentioned, instead of doing homework, as mentioned in our preview yesterday, a few things we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, we have a follow up question uh, on one of our topics last week regarding art and um, how we are supposed to um, interpret certain artists' art and and things of that nature. So there's a follow up um, question to that, which we can get to. Um, we're going to be talking Star Wars and um, the lack of sex, apparently, according to some people's opinions. We're going to be talking Sesame Street versus this new film coming out called The Happy Time Murders, um, a movie with Melissa McCarthy. Um, we have some more on the Roseanne thing. It was pointed out to me yesterday that we're, we're triple dipping on Roseanne, I guess. Didn't even realize that. But, hey, she has a knack for staying in the news, I guess. So, um yeah, Jimmy Kimmel made a, a comment just regarding what's going on with that. And then we have <laughs> another one, another popular one. We got a thing on Harvey Weinstein, if, if there's time. And then a controversial um, episode in the show 13 Reasons Why, which as far as I understand, that's what that show is just kind of going for. So they're... They're in the news frequently for different things that they're, you know, talking about or portraying in their in their show. So those are the things we have on the docket. We have a new game which has the potential to be pretty exciting, um, provided that there's no hiccups or, or speed bumps along the way. We have the return of two previous champions um, who will be vying to reclaim or keep their title, I guess. And then we have a new contender, a new challenger approaches. So new game tonight few different people oh, we totally need that bit that sound bite oh from like a street fighter or, or smash, no, smash, Bros. Smash, Bros. smash Bros. smash Bros. yeah totally new challenger yeah um so yeah and then we have some cool prizes josh and i dug up some <laughs> some old relics this afternoon we'll just we'll just leave it at that for now dug up some old relics literally got our fingers dusty dusted off some old relics so um we're excited to to do that so I guess without further ado, we can we can jump right in. So, um, for the person, because there's one specific person that requested the follow up here, we're we're gonna address your thing after the game show. So, um, yeah. So to start out, uh, let's see, Sesame Street versus the Happy Time Murders, we'll call it. So for those of you that don't know, there's this movie coming out, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, it's called Happy Time Murders, and it's a show. It's like real life 
it's like Sesame Street, right? Real life mixed with like puppets, right? But instead of it being like a wholesome fan family friendly show, go ahead, Josh. I was just gonna say it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, except for not cartoon. Like they're physical puppets, right? Right, they're physical yeah. puppets, but a blend. If if you go back and watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> it's definitely not wholesome. But imagine oh, Who no. Framed Roger Rabbit done with puppets in this day and age. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's and if you've seen the trailer, and especially the Red Band trailer, especially the end of the uh, Red Band trailer. Yeah, it is insanely vulgar well it's graphic is what it is the very i'm i'm gonna go ahead and spoil the the trailer here all right the end of it is graphic in that it shows a puppet spewing silly string from his underparts after having a happy time with another puppet with another puppet (laughs) and he is going around the room for probably a good 15 to 20 seconds spraying silly string everywhere So it's yeah. Needless uh, to say, it's incredibly controversial. And when we talk red band for those in in the, in the film industry, you'll know that red band means not safe. It's mature. It's not safe for audiences, audiences but this is the controversy controversy. Yeah. Um, trailer is funny. If not, wow. (laughs) Right. I think Josh's exact comment after we watched the trailer is that movie is either going to be really, Funny or really awful. Yeah. Or <laughs> possibly both. Sure. It's like Team America for yeah. Team America. Which, okay. So before we... I guess that's puppets still. Yeah. So so you got it, you got the idea of what it's like. Um, but the controversy behind it right now, um, and this was just settled a couple days ago, but Sesame Street or whoever... Sesame yeah, Workshop. Yeah, Sesame yeah, yeah. Workshop. Yeah, the, the makers of Sesame Street. Filed a lawsuit against whoever is making this film they're producing well it's a jim henson's son oh really yeah yeah um they know puppets basically saying that this this material um is going to like drag their image through the mud right right um i'll I'll just read this little snippet from this article it's because of the tagline yeah so the tagline for this movie (laughs) is is literally no sesame all street so it's literally catering to people that know and are familiar with Sesame Street, right? That's what the tagline's catering to. That's what the the whole thing is. The I mean, the Muppets, the puppets in the movie look like Muppets. They look like Muppets. Right, right, right. right. Um, but it says Sesame Workshop sued last week, seeking to end the inclusion of the tagline and promotional materials ahead of the film's August release. The company argued the public would be confused and think the movie was supported by Sesame Street. Um this was settled. I just mentioned this was settled a couple of days ago. Um, there was no grounds for, I guess, this case, and it was dismissed by the judge. And so, green for go. The movie's still coming out, <laughs> for better or for worse. The movie's still coming out. So, um, yeah, watch the trailer so you can have some context. If you're up for it, watch the red band trailer. You've been warned, okay? Um, but our question is, and. Um, yeah, weigh in if you have thoughts. But is spoofing, so is satiring young young audience material like this okay, or is it dangerous? Um, my, yeah, is it dangerous? So they're taking literally something like dangerous to like young people, or to young people, like or or to parents who might 
be ignorant and there are a lot of those people that right <laughs> whatever and that's that's part of my point so right 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 um, right, right, right so is it dangerous cuz this is right sesame street we all know i hope is it's a show it's specifically catered to young young audiences generally there's a good like altruistic message right in it um and yeah that's what it that's what it is that's what that whole empire was built around and has become like famous for and is still relevant to this day right sesame street is still a thing like yeah in fact it's on hbo no way yeah the new episodes air on hbo there you go so it's still be, it's still a show that's going on today. Still has like you know a list celebrities coming on and doing appearances and stuff and being part of the message that, that whatever you know the message of the week or do they have shows every week or is it like every day or I think it's every week they release a new mm. um, letter or number that the show is sponsored by. Did you watch Sesame Street? Or how when you were a kid? Of course I watched Sesame Street. All right, hey. And Mr. Rogers you had different. You've had different upbringings than some people as far as what you could and couldn't do. That's true, but <laughs> Sesame Street was actually really, really wholesome. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, off track. Have you seen the commercial for that documentary? No, but I want to watch that movie. It's I, called Won't well, You I, Be no, My Neighbor. I've seen the trailer for it. It looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It, there's some really cool things in, in about Mr. Rogers, who incidentally was a pastor. Um, but yeah, yeah, it looks really good. And it's like a whole thing with Mr. Rogers right now. Like Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers apparently. And I totally see that. Yeah. Seems right. Yeah. You have my blessing, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's, there's some personal things I don't like about him, but he's an actor. I can just, I mean, the mannerisms and and stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. Anyways. So back to our topic is spoofing material like this dangerous. So my thought on that is. It's so like, is it dangerous? Are parents going to going to take their kids to something like this, not knowing what they're getting into? Like, is that what we're, is that what the question is? That's what the article, I mean, that's what Sesame Workshop is, is suggesting, right? Like it's, right. it's going to reach kids in a way that, yeah, is going to turn them again, turning them against that Sesame Street or whatever. Um, I mean, my gut response to that is shame on the parents. Right. <laughs> Shame on the parents that will inevitably, there will be some of them, I guarantee it, go to this movie. I mean, it is called Happy Time Murders. Right. So maybe the title, but. Right. Well, I think that they put that in the title, you know, to, hopefully. To, to distinguish it. Let's hope. Let's hope. But I do, I remember working, I remember working at the movie theater and I got in trouble for it. Um, <laughs> but I remember working at the movie theater because a lady had. Or I was tried to get in trouble for it. Anyway, a lady had sent her kid to go buy the tickets. I can't remember what the rated R film was. Oh, I, I think I remember you telling this. But she went. She sent her kid to buy the tickets, and she was like, uh, she yeah. was parked in She's front, present, with the door, with the window rolled down. And I said, "This is a rated R movie. Like, you can't buy these tickets." She's like, "There's my mom over there." And so I asked her mom, "Can she watch this movie?" And I told her the movie, and she was like, "Yes." So then a week later, she comes in and is like, "You know, you let my child watch this movie." Oh and I was like, gosh. "You bought the tickets to the movie." It was a whole thing. Um, do you remember the movie? I'm really curious. I don't remember the movie. I wish you could. I know. I really want to know. I know. I don't remember the movie. It is what, the parents' she, responsibility. She, yeah. I just want to make it clear. It's not legal. Like, there's no law that says that you can cannot bring a child into a 17 and, and older film. There's no law. It's up to a movie theater right, to enforce they have that discretion. or a parent to enforce that. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and so that's that's my you know gut response to this concern, I guess. And for whatever reason, I was reminded of just the. I think we talked about it last episode even, but what happened with the kids' movie sharing a theater with Hills Have Eyes and the almost danger. We there. did, we did. Yeah, but yeah, like, come on, that's that's where the buck stops when you're raising when you have a kid, right? Like you're responsible for that child. You're responsible for what they see. You're responsible for screening what they see. You're responsible for knowing what you're disposing them to instead of just setting them down to be entertained and then stepping away so you can have mommy or daddy time. Right. Right. And that's, it's a lot of parenting that you see. Right. It reminds me. So yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I think, I don't think that any art form should be off limits, off limits. to telling adult stories. And by adult stories, I mean stories worth telling, not stories that are, as we talked about last time, anti-art <laughs> um, that have no hope for humanity. But like, I don't think that just because you have a genre that is usually associated with kids that you can't use it to tell adult stories. This one is, of course, particularly vulgar. And yeah. they're, they're capitalizing on the fact that you're taking something that is innocent and turning it into something that's like dirty. Mm-hmm. There was a movie that came out a long time ago, and I don't even remember if it's any good, but it's reminding me of the same thing. Do you remember it? it had Ed Norton in it, and it's called Death to Smoochie? Yeah, totally, Death to Smoochie. Yeah, yeah, and it like his character is plays the like a Barney type character, right? Yeah. Except for his character is involved in all kinds of awful stuff and you know drugs and gangsters or whatever you know right and the movie plays out and like that character kind of gets dragged through the whatever like his person gets exposed but yeah like i mean i i wasn't aware back then but it's just funny how over time people's sensitivities to things and whatever you know it it just ebbs and flows yeah like Here's an era 10 years ago, or maybe it was 20 years ago the movie came out, but or 15, but, like, it was okay. And I say that loosely, but it was okay then. Not a big deal then. And then, you know, depending on whatever. And maybe it's just because it's Sesame Street. Like, that's a sacred yeah. thing to people. What yeah. do you think? Is it? Yeah, is it, I think that the fact that they're picking on Sesame Street mm-hmm. is there. And I, I don't know that the judge – see, the, I think the judge is right from the standpoint that freedom of speech is protected when it comes to parody. So, you know, that's why we can do political cartoons, for instance, and get away with it. That's why SNL can constantly make sketches about our president and get away with it. So freedom of speech is protected when it comes to parody, and that's what this film clearly is. And I think that – it also is a little bit of a sour note because, you know, it's like Jim Henson's kid and Jim Henson was the creator of the Muppets and, you know, was was hugely is the essentially the creator of Sesame Street. So it's like it's a huge, weird departure. And of course, Sesame Street now is is it owned by Disney or at one point it was owned by Disney. I don't know. Uh, the Muppets are. So, <clears throat> yeah. I think I think you're touching I think you're touching sacred ground there. What's interesting though is like what you were saying like there's there's a number of movies that are even yeah. like really and similar you, like You even just said SNL. I I mean I can't pull anything out right now but I know SNL does stuff like that regularly. Oh yeah. They'll do like they'll take like something that's kid oriented and do like an adult spin on it and we all laugh. Well, did you ever see the did you ever see the movie Cool World with Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger? Never even heard of it. Okay. Well, it's a really weird movie, but anyway, it's it's a movie about an artist who goes into his into his creation. Okay. Um, and it's very adult, but it's animated. Um, 
you know, it's like a... It's mostly animated, but it's physical and animated. And then, of course, you have Who Frames Roger Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is has one of the most terrifying reveals of a bad guy ever in it. Uh, just, you'll see. Um, <laughs> just you watch it. already. Just watch <laughs> it, and, and you should see. Um, and it's a decent movie, but there's a huge, like, sexual nature oh, to it. Oh, huge sexual. With Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Like, I remember being a little kid and, like, noting it, like. Right. This right. is weird, mom. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit's like overly sexual and right. seductive. There's and a lot of kids who probably had their psychosexual awakening while watching Jessica Rabbit. Totally, yeah. and Roger Rabbit's eye does the right does the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, Cool Tongue World. That one. There's the is it Monkey Bone? I think with Chris Kattan. I don't know. There's a bunch of things where you've taken the young thing and turned it into an adult thing. And I think, and then uh, the puppet one with uh, Team America. Team America. Yeah. You know, which is based on like the Thunderbirds. So I think, you know, it, for me, it's like my answer is probably the same as yours. It's it's not that it, because it is using young things is inappropriate. It's definitely not aimed at a young audience. Oh, no. You know, if, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. It's not aimed at a young audience. And they put it in Red Band and they put murder the, in the title the, for yeah, a reason. Titled something. Yeah. Um, on a side note, though, it does remind me. Oh, yeah. Brittany brings up Ted. Ted, yeah. yeah, where you have the teddy bear. Totally. That, yeah, yeah. Very crude, and people love that movie. Yeah, um, it totally reminds I love me. That movie. I'll post. Yeah, I just posted. Um, uh, there's an episode of the show Angel from Buffy and Angel where Angel becomes a puppet, Weird. and and it's called Smile Time. Sounds corny already. It's it's a great episode, but Angel becomes a puppet in that episode, and there's all of this. You know, you got to see it. It's really trippy. So, anyway, yeah, I think the morality of it, I don't know. It, it, it was aimed, like, the, the, we'll have to watch the movie to see what the movie's like. I can say already, it doesn't seem like it'll be incredibly redeeming. No, I agree. But with that said, it <laughs> I doesn't... I completely agree. What we're asking, the question we're asking is, is it bad, bad. for it to be, um, to blend yeah. childlike it, things with adult things? Is it going to do harm to humanity or does something like that well is it is to blend childlike things with adult things and it's not doing that I, you know it's not it's not blurring the lines for children so and, and that's advertising is targeted too mm-hmm. this is what we were talking about last week you don't go into a movie theater the unless tagline is wrong. even no sesame right all street Again, well, what we were talking about last week is you don't go into a movie theater to watch a horror movie and then get a children's preview right or vice versa. You don't go into a movie theater kids movie. to watch, yeah. you know, it's all targeted. So kids, you're not going to be seeing the happy time murders, uh, <laughs> preview during yours. Do they still do Saturday morning cartoons? I don't know. When I was a kid, it was a huge thing. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So just parent better. Kristen Groner says, hi. Hi. We're men. Full grown men. That's on here somewhere. We are men, full-grown <laughs> men. There you go. And we teach children lessons. And you should too. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, moving on. Star Wars. Have you seen Han Solo yet? I have not seen Han Solo. I haven't seen Solo. All right, Solo. So I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of spoiler nature to this, but you can go I'll, ahead and I'll go ahead and hit that beep that beep sound. beep if you want. <laughs> all right, so. I saw Han Solo, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a fun time, and I just would like to say, keep on making them. 
and I'll keep on going. And let's be clear, like so, it wasn't deep or anything. It didn't. No. It didn't have like the gravitas of Rogue One. No, the characters you're never respect, like with the exception of Han, just because you know you know it's Han and you know his arc. Yeah. And you know maybe um, Chewie also a little Lando. Chewie has an arc. He's just he's just the loyal co uh, co pilot is all just okay. loyal to to the end. I mean he's still alive even. Yeah. So yeah, of course he has an arc. I, I have I have guesses on what happens with Chewie, but for another time. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Han Solo was good. It was fun. But like I said, the characters weren't especially deep. But what we're talking about tonight. Uh, so there's an article on USA Today asking the question if – isn't it uh, – Josh is using his back scratcher and it's horribly distracting. Isn't it – What? A, that wasn't <laughs> on camera. You can't tell isn't that. Isn't it about time that Star Wars – had some sex, damn it. Right, in the USA, yeah, I saw that in the USA Today yeah. article. Yeah, isn't it about time? Um, so yeah, for those of you that are familiar with the Star Wars franchise, there's like none of that, no like, you know. Except for that infamous kissing scene. In the, uh, between Luke and Leia? <laughs> yeah, between yeah. Luke and Leia. The kiss and they got the it wrong, so. Yep, the kiss felt around the world. Um, yeah, there's no sexual relationships like and you don't see that on screen and and how are we whatever i won't say that part yet but with the exception of some some you know sexual tension between han and leia and with the exception of some sexual tension between siblings (laughs) um and then in this latest movie obvious um like super sexual tension between han and this girl kira i think is her name you never really see that in this article that um danny uh, yeah. The, the Targaryen. Mother of Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Wow. Da- Daenerys. Oh, oh, uh, what is, uh, what is her name? Totally drawn a blank. I'll figure it out. It's okay. Um, yeah, this article is asking the question, how come we never see that? Isn't it about time? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we get that by now? As if, as if we like need it or something, right? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Shout out. Sorry. Yeah, shout out. Sorry, Amelia. I know you'll watch this someday. Um, so our question for tonight's episode is sex necessary is sex a necessary character for human connection or for our connection to those characters? Like and you're talking about specifically in like movies, TV, book, like anything just like any that? yeah forms of media, right? Hmm. Movies, TV, yeah, sure, book. Um, is it a necessary? You, you got you got two ladies online saying it's Disney. They can't do that. Yeah. I also like to point out that so that's a tough one because the the world that that George Lucas built has a it's a world of jedis, right? Jedis right. not supposed to be sexual. They're not supposed to be anything. Yeah. They're supposed to be yeah, gray. Yeah. Mhm. Gray, completely gray in every sense of the sense of the imagination or whatever. Right. No emotion, no love, no hate, no lo- no sex, no nothing. Right. No nothing, okay? Obviously, he had to break. It's interesting because he had to break that, and you know, to give us the story that he did with the the prequel trilogy, and so on and so forth. Awful chemistry between. That was probably the most awkward movie chemistry I've ever seen in my life between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. Episode two specifically. Yes. Yeah. Episode two. I'm gonna find the scene and you can watch it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just posted an article so, about how so, so, Frozen possibly will have a girlfriend for Elsa. Just saying. 
Frozen 2. <laughs> in regards to what? Just in regard to romance and okay. Disney. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so our question, is sex necessary? Is it necessary for human connection? Um, I don't know. The way, the way you wrote that is not quite the angle I was taking. But, yeah, this, this writer is trying to, champ, like, you know, ask the question and, and beg the question or whatever. Like, we need it. And so do we need it? Do we need that for our characters in order to be invested in them? Is there something lacking if we don't see that? What are your initial thoughts? I don't have a problem with it, believe it or not. With with what? I don't have a problem with sex being used as a necessary mode of development for characters in movies. I, I think... Are you, so then from, I guess, the negative is there something lacking because Star Wars doesn't have that? Do you feel a lack of investment because you don't see that? Let in me your see. Characters? Is it less believable? Because that's what the article was sort yeah. of spinning. Let me see. Is it less believable than, say, running around the universe in a spaceship that makes noise in outer space or using the force to fight battles with your mind? See where you're going or... here. All right. Let's see where you're going here. <laughs> I, sh- I want to make a point. Like, Star Wars is not believable, people. I know you think it is, I think but it's just, not. This writer's just going from a, a human connection. Like, I want to feel connected to the character. Don't they struggle with the same types of sexual things I struggle with? And the ins and outs of navigating those things. And aren't they grounded to that also? How come we never see that? How come they never give us that? That's literally what he's saying. How come they don't ever give us that, the fans that? John Parker says, sex equals necessary for simple people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Here's what I'll say to that. So, so again, I don't think it's a problem to have it in there. I don't think that it's necessary for the narrative. Yeah. Okay? So in that universe, if it makes sense, which, by the way, I think that it makes sense for Solo. Yeah. Personally, he's, he's a scoundrel. Yeah, he's a right? scoundrel. <laughs> so I think that it makes sense to imply sexuality or whatever and I think that's fine but is it necessary for the narrative no like you know that Han Solo is having sex with Leia like come on who doesn't know that and that obviously Anakin and yeah Padme Padme and yeah and so on and so forth you know that that's you know that that's a thing in the Star Wars universe you don't need uh oh we just dropped our connection for half a second here You know that that's a thing in the Star Wars universe. You don't need to To have... Right, you don't need... I don't think you need to see it. Do I have a problem with it being shown? No, not if it's important. Not if it makes sense for the narrative. I obviously have a problem with it being... um, I obviously have a problem with it being outside of the context of how God intended sex. Sure. That I have a problem with. Um, But, you know, when the narrative makes sense, the narrative makes sense. And, and and that's that's the thing. If the narrative makes sense, then it makes sense. We keep losing our stream here. We got it back for a second, and then we lost it again. Should we pause? And looks like we're possibly back. Sorry, guys. We keep losing our stream. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I have a hard time giving credit to the point of not feeling connect this like like how i read how i read the article is it's 2018 man how come we're still not seeing this yet yeah i think that that's a ridiculous point yeah yeah and to suggest that we're 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 lacking something in being invested in these characters 
I'm sorry, this movie's been out, these movies, this franchise has been around since 1977, celebrates some of the most loved characters in the history of movies. Um, I think they're doing okay without it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe, I don't believe that because that's not there, you, you have a lack of investment in it, in this character or that character. And I personally would say that, and we'll take Han, for example. He's the most extreme example. He's the one that we should be seeing, if you're going to make that argument, have sex, right? Mm-hmm. I remember feeling so let down in The Force Awakens when, spoiler alert, Kylo Ren stabs him and kills him. Right. Because we just lost one of the most beloved right. characters right. of m- my life and of lots of people's lives and in the history of movies, right? One of the right. most beloved characters it's in the history of movies. It's definitely arguable. Yeah. And so... My personal opinion, how they handled that, I didn't feel the weight of that, and that was without having Han have sex on screen. So I just think the argument there are is things silly. that are, yeah, there are things that are much more important to the narrative than sex, and I will agree yeah. with that point too. But I don't think that you can demonize sex. Um, and I will give you one example to biblically back that up. Go read Song of Solomon. The whole thing. Yeah, but specifically chapter 7. I'll read it for you, actually. <laughs> Give me a second, and I'll read it for you. Yeah. It's dead air. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say something, and then I forgot, yeah. but I think it had to do with Han Solo again. But, yeah, I think the whole the whole argument is silly. Oh, yeah, the article called, the article called Star Wars The 41-Year-Old Virgin, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Okay, but. so this is Song of Solomon... Chapter 7, and we'll just hit it at verse 7, and we'll just go, we'll leave it there. Um, and I'll just read the King James Version to put it in real prose for you. I was going to say, really sell it, Josh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> this, thy stature is like to a palm tree, and thy breasts to clusters of grapes. And I said, I will go up to the palm tree, and I will take hold of the boughs thereof. Mm. Now also thy breast shall be as clusters of the vine, and the smell of thy nose like apples, and the roof of thy mouth like the best wine for my beloved. That's uh, talking about French kissing, by the way. That goeth down sweetly, causing the lips of those that are asleep <laughs> to speak. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just want to be clear. Like, even the Bible has sex in it. You should have put a red band trailer on this freaking thing. <laughs> even the Bible has sex in it. It's Sex is not bad, but where the narrative makes sense, that's... Yeah, and I agree with you. That is absolutely ridiculous that Han Solo was not grieved at the end of Force Awakens. It was horribly handled. Yeah, there are bigger problems in the Star Wars universe than there not being sex. Like the massive contradictions at its at its right. root. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Good stuff. Perfect time. Let's break for our game. Okay. Okay. And then, hey, we'll follow up with the follow-up from last week, so hopefully we haven't lost whoever's asked that. So Yeah, unfor- we went down from eight to four. Bummer. So, yeah, that sucks. Hope so to get them back. Hope to get you guys back, but, uh, yeah. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right. I am calling our contestants now. I have two of you. I have three of you. Can you all hear me? I want to hear a chorus of yeses. I can hear you. Okay. I got 
I got John, I got Elu, and do I got Jacob? Yep, I'm here. Okay. John is a former winner, current champion of the Culture Insanity podcast rolling game series. Elu is also a former champion. Uh, he, how do I put this nicely? He had to step away last week, so he couldn't defend his title. We've allowed him to hold the belt for one week. I told him that if he backed down, he would be stripped of his belt because he's in the big leagues now. And we have the challenger who's approaching. His name is Jacob. So, I still got you all, right? I don't hear Jacob. I couldn't hear the question. What? Okay. (laughs) You're all still here, right? Yes? No. Okay. Everyone get to a quiet place. Here we go. I'm going to explain tonight's game. Okay? We're calling it Future Tense. (laughs) All right. So listen up. We'll have music for that later. And uh, we'll try and get through this as as clearly as possible. And if you have questions, ask and we'll get going. So tonight's game is a game of fan theories. Okay? Tonight, you will each have 60 seconds to theorize how part two of Avengers Infinity War will go. It needs to be compelling. It needs to make sense, and you have only 60 seconds. By the end of all three of your guys' theories and presentations, Josh and I will determine who has the most compelling fan theory of how Avengers Infinity War Part 2 plays out. Are you with me? Yes, so far? Yes. Okay. Yes, I've been thinking about this for a long time i don't know how that's possible because we have not given you any indication of what tonight's game is <laughs> oh i see what you're saying just since you watched it um okay so there's prizes tonight okay there's four prizes up for grabs everyone will be a winner tonight in some way okay there's four prizes up for grabs whoever wins this competition gets first dibs and i'll explain how this works there's four prizes up for grabs, okay? A, B, C, and D. Think of this as a white elephant, okay? Whoever wins this competition gets to choose whether they go first or they go last. You are allowed one steal, at which point that prize is dead. Because there's a limited number of you, one steal, prize is dead. Obviously, there's four prizes, which means one of these prizes will not be drawn tonight. It will go back into the vault, okay? The prizes tonight... Well, that that card didn't last very long, sorry. The prizes tonight are... And I said this at the top of the the hour. Yep, yep, yep. Josh and I dusted off some old relics. Vintage movie posters. That's right. Okay? I'll give you the grand prize. It's a Captain America First Avenger movie poster. Okay? That's the grand prize. You can decorate your man caves or your garages or put it above your bed if you loved the movie that much. That's the grand prize. There are other prizes as well. I will not say one way or the other if they are good or bad. But the grand prize is Captain America, the first Avenger, vintage near mint. Sell it on eBay for 300 bucks. Starting bid. I'm not saying you'll get any bids, but you could do that. People do it. <laughs> okay, so who would like to go first? You have 60 seconds to theorize how part two will go. And we will we will we will have you on a timer. At which point we will staunchly cut you off. All right, I, I'm ready to go. Jacob Browning up first. Your 60 seconds starts now. How will it end? 
Thanos is going to uh, um, have an ego or a power trip, and at that point, um, there will be a time where he ends up actually taking the um, uh, the gauntlet off, and I think that. Um, Gamora's sister, I can't remember her name right now, but uh, she will then wield the gauntlet, bringing things back to normal. But in the meantime, uh, there's going to be some type of uh, conflict. Ten seconds. Or Ten seconds. A, a struggle of getting to. Stop. Uh, Stop. 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 All right. So what we got from that is Thanos will have a power trip. Nebula is the character you're looking for. We'll get involved. I'm sensing a little someone's read some comic books. Good for you. Possibly. Respect the source material. I always can appreciate that. And uh, he he will take that off. She will get control. And um, that's about what I remember. Josh. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. All right. Thank you, Jacob Browning. Who's next? All right. Whoever's rolling their window down and on I-5, can you please roll it back up? It's like it's someone's at the skate park. Yeah. All right. John Parker, you're next. You've just been chosen. All right. And go. Okay. So, Thanos is in a different spot right now. I believe that all of the Avengers that went away that dissipated or whatever all the people are actually in the spirit world and i don't know if it's me can you guys hear me okay yes keep yep, going keep going okay so they um so they have gone to the spirit world that leaves gamora coming back into the picture right she was she was killed and you know i'm throwing spoilers out there for the original infinity war but she is going to uh leave the charge and basically grab that uh, Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos taking control and bringing all of those previous characters back into the mix. That's all I got. I think that she's gonna. I, I think she's gonna bring everybody back. If I had to venture a guess, though, I think that at the, in the end, uh, Tony Stark is no longer going to be with us. I think he's gonna die. Done. Okay, that was that was it right there. So I like, I like your interesting take on. Um, the soul gem. I'm guessing that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, you're talking the about the soul gem. Um, I have question marks over how easy it's going to be for her to just take it. But hey, that's your theory. So she's going to take it inside the soul gem with the other Avengers that have been taken into the soul gem from Avengers 1. I think you're giving more credit to his theory than was there. He just said she's going to take it from him and she's going to lead them all out. I think, I mean, if I give him more time and I'm... I'm rationalizing it out, I think he's going to give it to her. Because okay, time's manager. up. We were just repeating <laughs> what we heard. We're not asking for you to clarify. <laughs> I don't think we were asking for that. <laughs> LU, your time starts now. Oh, okay. So, um, without thinking about spoilers and stuff, I think that uh, Vision has a big part to do with this. Because Vision was had this, one of the stones in him. So um, that makes him, gives him that connection, which um, 
he even says it earlier in the movie how he feels it all time. He's not really sure what it is, but he can connect to it. And that's why uh, Doctor Strange uh, gave him the stone uh, so that to save um, Iron Man because he is the one that can bring him back. Um, so I think the Vision and Iron Man have a big part to do in this. I don't know if Nebula is going to be able to get the uh, gamma back, but I do think that the gamma right now is at a weaker state after he snapped his fingers and destroyed half the universe. Uh, so there's a chance that they, be able, they might be able to do something with that. And now obviously Captain Marvel's coming in, which I think she's going to play some kind of like the part Time. that... Uh, Time. Yeah. Time. Because, uh, time. 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 All right. Well, good. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. You all came through pretty clear, so appreciate it. Um, well, Josh, what do you think? Um, in terms of theories, I, f- I don't know. It's for me. It's definitely between Ellie and John. I agree. I agree. I think it's between Elu and John. I like what uh, what John's talking about in terms of how the Soul Stone comes into play. I obviously agree that with that kind of power, nothing is done and nothing is permanent. Right. And I like the idea of leading a rebellion. Yeah, that's also cool. I also support John's theory that Tony Stark, at a minimum, will not survive this Infinity War. I also like Elu's... Um, Observation that the gauntlet took some sort of damage. I also saw that when I watched the movie. I've seen it twice. When he snapped his finger, the gauntlet is charred and cracked, and it looks like his whole side of his body might also be. So I like that. I don't know how that affects things. Um, what did L.U. say as far as how they defeat him? Did he say Vision? He just said he thinks Vision, Vision has a, has part a to connection play. to the to the Soul Gem. That's the Mind Stone, not the Soul Stone. Or yeah, sorry, the Mind Stone. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's part of it, part of its essence now. But I would say as a full, fl- I I liked what L.U. had to say, but I think as a full fledged. <laughs> um, if we give it to you, we have to give it to everyone. L.U. It's one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> I like, but I like. I like what John had to say, and <laughs> Adams moved. The I'm microphone holding you away from away the mic from right the now. Mic. I think I liked. I think that John had the most full of a you know a very simple, compelling. You know, this will happen within this pocket realm, and a rebellion will be led. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Even though I do like that LU like used Doctor Strange and Vision and and all of that. I'd like to blend both of them. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with giving it to John. Um, here's what I'll say to all of you, including you, Jacob. The nature of this awards game is that it's possible that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's true. So, John, we will give it to you. We don't need a tiebreaker. We had a tiebreaker on standby. We'll give it to you. John, you have the privilege and honor of being now the two-time champion. Yes. Um, and you have we'll do this we'll, we'll try and go through this quickly but you have first ups would you like to pick first or pick last and I don't know what the prizes are you know that the, grand, know the prize grand prize is Captain America the first adventure vintage near mint sellable maybe on eBay for $300 starting bid <laughs> you get first pick first or last I'll, I'll go last 
Okay, then LU, you will be up because since you were the runner-up, you get to pick oh. first. A, B, first. C, or D. Go. C. LU, you are now maybe the proud owner of a brand new to you Italian job poster. Woo! Italian job. Mark now, Wahlberg. And we're talking remake, not original. Yes, we're not talking about the Michael Caine Italian job. We're talking about the. I want me some Marky Mark. Okay. Well. Provided no one steals it from you, that's right. You Somebody will be steal the it. proud owner. Yeah. So, Jacob, you are up next. Your options are A, B, or D. 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 Jacob, you are now the proud owner of a King's Speech movie poster. Woo! <laughs> Academy Award nominated. Actor Colin Firth, King's Speech, great movie. Don't know why you'd want the movie poster personally, but you are now the proud owner of one. That leaves John. I wanted it my whole life. <laughs> you so John, got it, sir. John, this is a hard choice. You have option A oh or option B. A, B, or you could steal and mm-hmm. play it safe. It's uh, true. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that from me. John, we'd like we'd like you to submit an answer. A, please. A. Hold on, let me hold in my laughter. John Parker, this is I, this is actually perfect for John. I I feel like justice was done tonight. John Parker, you are now the proud owner of a glitter movie poster. That's right, Mariah Carey's glitter. <laughs> That means that the grand prize will go back into the vault for a later time. It was box B, Captain America First Avenger. So let me repeat the prizes. Jacob, you are now the proud owner of the King's Speech, Academy Award nominated. LU, the Italian job, Marky Mark. Some eye candy for your garage. And maybe your wife. And John Parker walks home with Mariah Carey's glitter. Yep, the poster also might have some dings on the sides. It's an old one. Ah. Lucky man. Gentlemen, <laughs> we appreciate your participation tonight. He chose. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Yes. Good night. And for those who didn't hear that sound clip, just for truth time with Pastor Monty. He chose poorly. And chose, chose poorly. And chose poorly, he did. Or just great. So the beautiful thing about that is he'll never live that down. <laughs> and uh, I'll be scouring eBay to see if any of these guys are putting it up. All right. Um, so thank you to them for giving us their time. That was fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, follow up to last week's topic. So we were talking about art. We were talking about Lars von Trier. We have about 13 minutes, so we'll try. Yeah, and, totally. uh, we we're talking about Lars von Trier's um, new movie and how jacked up it is and how jacked up of a filmmaker he is um and i think we made a statement that when when art stops reflecting hope and reflecting god right right on some level um then it at at best becomes bad art would you be okay with that uh i mean i said it i suppose i said at worst it was anti-art we're at okay at worst it was anti-art right Excuse me. So someone reached out to me uh, asking this. 
what then are we supposed to make of artists like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and Edgar Allan Poe, like celebrated mainstream artists, right? Celebrated mainstream artists. Um, how do we, I guess, discern thing like artists art like that? And what are we supposed to make of it? Um, why don't we just give it our take on it? You know, coming from our Christian sure. perspective, right? Um, I guess I'll let you speak to it since you are the artist of us too and might be able to articulate this better. I gave this person my response, rough response, but I think they were specifically looking to hear what you had to say. Well, I'm not – so like when we take like Kurt Cobain, for instance, I mean, I don't know, play out his life. Yeah, and that's <laughs> – I, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. And that sounds insensitive maybe, it's not trying to be, but it's just – Really? Take a I, look into where it led him. I don't... So, for the record, I don't think that Nirvana is anti-art. Um, I think that it's dark art. And that Kurt Cobain, in his writing, was trying to figure out the meaning of things. And what he saw was hopeless. Mm -hmm. And you can tell in his writing that he's trying to process all of that. That he's coming to conclusions, but he hasn't necessarily formed one. And we know that because, unlike a lot of people... He was true to his conclusions. Yep. Because he took his own life. Unfortunately. Yep. So in his so what you see is the journey of a person. And, you know, not not all of his music is is hopeless. Um and definitely isn't in that he he definitely doesn't have a less than um man, I wish I, I, I honestly wasn't ready for this question, but I wish that I had like lyrics in front of me right now. But um he definitely wasn't ready or I wasn't ready. Sorry. Um, he wasn't hopeless in, in his music at all times. I mean, there's things where you, where you sort of see, uh, like I'm thinking of Polly where he's talking about, oh, man, I just can't remember the lyrics of things. Um, yeah, I got to go back and I got to no, look at the yeah, lyrics. And things. I mean, I'm also thinking just, so just because I'm going to pull up some lyrics. Yeah. Just because Kurt Cobain, you know, unfortunately was led to believe certain things about the meaning of life. Right. And, and what the whole point was, unfortunately that, that led him though, that led him to the conclusions that it did. Um, like as mature, like believers, we can still pick out things that are, good in in that body right and and i think that's what josh is about to get to too like or what he was alluding to like not all of his work is just like this dark depressing lack of anything right lack of anything music or whatever and just because of you know that it did lead him there we can still respect that yeah he had a huge impact in speaking to a generation and maybe gave people an outlet i don't know maybe i don't know yeah, I think so. Um, L, you just asked a question. What was the what was the question? It was just a follow up question about the statement that I made that anti art is basically lacking humanity. So, like, if it's completely hopeless and it's lacking humanity, here's the thing: a lot of a lot of Kurt Cobain's music, it it definitely he ends in he ends his life in a hopeless state. But um, his music, like I said, is the journey that yeah. he's on. And a lot of that, quite frankly, is anger. And I found a good quote um, here. And so this is Kurt Cobain talking. Um, 
Let's see. So it is, I'm such a nihilistic jerk half the time. Again, this is a quote from Kurt Cobain. I'm such a nihilistic jerk half the time. I'm so expletive, <laughs> sarcastic at times. And then at other times, I'm still vulnerable and so sincere. And that's pretty much how every song comes out. It's like a mixture of both of them. And that's pretty much how people my age are. I'm just as pissed off about the things that made me pissed off a few years ago. Mm. I'm pissed off about everything in general. So all these songs are pretty much about my battle with the things that piss me off. So what you see in that statement is Kurt Cobain talking about where he's at in his writing of his music. And basically what he's saying is he's angry and and without anger or i'm sorry when you have anger with something it means that you hold a certain value he has something to be angry about and he does say i'm nihilistic half the time which nihilism is the belief in nothing but the other half of the time he believes in something and that's why he's angry mm -hmm. and so that's why he like or believes there should be something right that he sh something is should should be believed in or something. and that's why like is it in bloom what's the song where he says uh, sell the kids for food uh, she's the one that one yeah, yeah 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 um i think it's called all apologies no 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 that's a different one but okay. same same idea right so he's like but in that he quotes or he he does sort of a play on oh what is his name gulliver's travels the jonathan swift Jonathan Swift has this paper that he does called a modest proposal where he says that the kids should the the babies and old I think it's babies and old people but should be sold as food um to society and he's he's being sarcastic right and it's like one of the first like sort of papers like that hmm. well that's what that's what Kurt Cobain is saying he's like making a, a statement about how society is and he's like pointing out the ridiculousness of it all so in this way you have this guy who's speaking he's wanting change the yeah. problem is he comes to the conclusion that change is impossible and when that happens he takes his own life yeah like the but the point is he was seeking something he was expressing and emoting right and there's a reason why people connect to it because the anger that was there i mean i have i have that record like right behind adam the That's actual funny. the vinyl um and it's true it's right there yep it's right there you can hold it up for the camera um whatever and that's you know that's what it is and when we look at like poe for instance i think that was the other author that was there like edgar Allan poe he had he had a christian consensus like he lived in a, the victorian era and he had a consensus in his worldview he believed that certain things he operated with an idea of life and death and yeah i think that even in like the raven for example there's allusions to like heaven and hell hell specifically yep. mm -hmm. but yeah um and love he mm -hmm. he had like a great love to the to the to the point of Kurt Cobain's journey and just artists in general journey. I was just talking about this. I think it was this morning, but um, actually it was with Jacob, the guy that was just competing that walked away with the King's speech. Um, he was talking about Eminem and he was saying how he doesn't like Eminem's later stuff. And I was asking why, and I don't remember what he said, but I remember saying to him like, I actually do like Eminem's later stuff because I think it's really clear that you can see. He's Eminem, like his music, he's been on this journey. And like, I specifically remember the first time I heard it and I really liked the song, but one of the, one of his songs, and I think it's like maybe the Marshall Mathers LP two, he was talking about his mom again. And throughout the entirety of, of Eminem's music, if you listen to Eminem and, or rap or whatever, but you know that Eminem really dislikes his mom and has a lot of anger towards his mom. Um, 
and he expresses that in multiple songs, calls her like horrible things and um, is super emotive in that. But in this song, in one of his later albums, it's a couple years old now, but he like completely changes his tune. Like the door for reconciliation, reconciliation has been opened there. And right. I really re- appreciate that in Eminem's right. music. And I remember being like, wow, like that is cool. It's cool to like have seen like, yeah, he's been and he's been this angry rapper forever and still is in a lot of ways. Right. Right. But in this song, like that is a refreshing change in, in his journey. And I really, um, I really like that. And like it, it strikes a chord with me and I'm glad that he has found that aspect of his life. Uh, or, you know, well, yeah, look at the way he talks about his daughter. Yeah. He adores her. Yeah. 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 And I'm looking, I'm like looking at a quote of Edgar Allan Poe's right now. It says the 90 and nine are with dreams content, but the hope of the world made new is the hundredth man who is grimly bent on making those dreams come true. And basically what that's saying is that there is hope. It's found not in the 99, but the one person who's willing to make their dreams come true. So it's a state, it's like a dare to dream sort of, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at somebody who has a lot of despair and his life was in hope and despair. It's, it's dynamic. Yeah. Very. But that's not the case. And that wasn't with, the Lars von Trier. Right. Thing, right. Like, right. He's, he's got, he has a point to make mm-hmm. and he is teaching us. Yeah. These people, that's a good way of, they that. are emoting. Yeah. That's a good way of putting that. What is what is Lars von Trier doing? <laughs> yeah. If you've seen any of his movies, tell me you walk away with any good feelings whatsoever, and I will have a hard time believing you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've cruised through our time. Yeah, I really have. There's a couple more topics, but I don't want to over, over, overdo it here. Um, well, it says we got two minutes on the about- clock. Yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Um, I don't. I don't want to keep on harping on Roseanne. I do want to just whatever. Thinking out loud, like I am interested in not flaming Facebook, but posting some of these things on Facebook and seeing if we can get more participation that way, and um, just seeing what people think, and maybe then having our official response to these kinds of things. Maybe these lesser topics or something. Oh um, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Like maybe with uh, just like, to keep like through polls or something. Something, yeah, something. Um, just to keep uh, that presence going on Facebook, um, since that's our main outlet. But yeah, I guess we'll call it. We'll call it for tonight. It's been it's been good, and it's yeah, it really has crucified. Maybe for some intro. reason our 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 camera, which our camera um, live broadcasts is telling us that we're at Prince of Peace Lutheran. It hasn't been changed. So That's just hilarious. so you know, we are not at Prince of Peace Lutheran. We're live in studio, a.k.a. Josh's office. At? Aletheia Bible Fellowship. That's right. In, in Portland, the Hawthorne Oregon. District of Portland. There you go. Um, so we'll call that We'll call that on tonight. It's it good. Um, if you're interested in the topics we've been talking about or just staying relevant, check out WordPress, Culture Insanity at WordPress.com, or you can check out our Facebook or Twitter um, at culture insanity. And as always, if you have something that you're interested in, um, I appreciate the follow-up question from last episode. Um, you can reach out to us on those platforms, or if you're interested in just exploring your faith or are completely new to God, to Christ, the Bible, you can check out the help tab on vigilance.blog, or 
abfpdx.org. Um, that's our new web domain um, that we're operating right. out of. But both still work. Both still function the same way. Both will essentially take you to the same places, right? Essentially. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Um, shout out or plug to next or this month. It's June now. This month's cross-examination. It will be the last Sunday in June. I don't know what day that falls on exactly. Maybe the 24th. I think there's less days in June, so maybe it's something like that. Last Sunday in June, the 24th. Yep, yep, June 24th. It will be at Woodstock Bible Church off of 52nd. Yes, the home of our good friend, Pastor John Schlafly. Mm -hmm, here in the southeast quadrant of Portland. That's so, right. Woodstock Bible Church, it starts at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. It's going to be the first time that I'm not on panel. First time ever? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, for those of you that don't know already, but cross-examination is a panel discussion with local pastors talking Christian doctrine in plain language and, yeah, is is a is an outlet for you to ask any questions you have regarding the, the month's topic. So it's a good resource, and we highly encourage you to use it. And... Yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can participate live at the at the church we're at at the time, or you can tune in to Facebook Live on our Facebook page, Cross Examination. Um, yeah, and you can view all the past videos and stuff there. So check us out this month in June uh, at Woodstock Bible Church. And our topic, did you say our topic? I didn't. Our topic this month is biblical inerrancy. So if you don't know what that is, it is the Christian belief and doctrine that the Bible is without error. It is right. It's a super controversial topic in this day and age. God breathed and God inspired, and it is without flaw. Right. So, if you have questions on how that's possible, feel free to ask. Use yep. the hashtag CrossX and yep. ask your questions, and it will reach us. Facebook, Twitter. Um, I think that's it. Maybe even Instagram. I don't remember. Facebook, Twitter for sure. So, yep. yeah, look forward to that. And with that, we'll be back in two weeks at 8 p.m. with our next episode, number 15. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. <laughs>